You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Um, Like Larissa said, my name is Shannon. Um, I've been the fourth and fifth grade pastor now for five years, which seems super crazy, um, but it is just a joy to be with those kiddos. They're one of those age groups that's really fun because they're not quite that like super lame junior high age group where they're like, oh, you're so cool. But they're still kind of kids and they have fun, but they're also relatable. I had a kid this past weekend. He was like super sad and I was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong, buddy? Because he was like just all all in the face. I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to have such a good deep conversation about how his life is going rough, his home life. And he's like, did you know that the taxes are going up. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, bro, how old are you? You're not 80. And I was just like, dude, you don't even know what taxes are. But yes, I do know that. So whatever. But they're just an age group that is really fun. Um, But I always love getting to come and speak to young adults. Um, I think it's always such a joy because, you know, the Lord just teaches me in these moments. It's not just for you or for us, but it is also for me. And I think the Lord just really uh, teaches us through that. So no matter where you find yourself tonight, whether you're newly following Jesus or you've been following Jesus for a while, I'm just really thankful that you are here. And I truly believe that if you are wrestling, if you are struggling, if you are doubting, uh, the Lord is going to speak through us tonight. So I'm going to open us up in prayer and then we'll get started. Jesus, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that we can come to you with our questions and you will provide the answers. Uh, God, we uh, ask for a special blessing on tonight. We ask you to reveal yourself to us in new and different ways. Um, and God, we just treasure this moment. In your, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So when Evan asked me to speak a while back, because he is like the most prepared person ever, um, he told me that you were in a series, you were going to be in a series called What's in a Name? And talking about the different name changes in the Bible. And I was super excited because there are stories throughout the Bible and there's stories throughout scripture where God changes people's name. He changes them through promises. He changes them through um, different seasons of their life, different callings. And not only does he change their name, but he also changes their identity and who they are. And names are a really big deal. I have uh, currently an almost 18-month-old son. And when we went to go name our son, it was probably one of the most, like, stressful moments. Like, obviously, next to, like, birth, it was like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to name this kid? Because either they're going to make fun of him or someone's going to come up with a nickname that is terrible. Um, My husband and I realized very quickly that we're not, like, cool enough to have, like, one of those really unique, out there, hip names. And so we're like, okay, so we got to go kind of traditional, but we also want to, you know, like not make him get beat up in life. So what are we going to name him? We also were super convinced he was a girl because we could only come up with girl names. So when they were like, it's a boy, we're like, (laughs) bummer. All right. So finally, like we had narrowed down the list and then we started to realize the meaning behind a name became a really big deal to us. And so even we were like 
couple names on the list, we finally narrowed it down to Elliot because the meaning of it was really impactful for us. The meaning of his name was the Lord is my God. And that was just something we're like, oh man, yeah, that's what we wish for our child. We want him to know through the good times, through bad times, through joyful times, through times of struggle that the Lord is his God and he's always gonna be with him. And so that meaning of his name was such a big deal that that's, that's the one we had to go with. And the meaning in a lot of people's names, even throughout scripture, is why God maybe changes them and why God brings them into a new series and a new season. And so last week, you guys talked about Abram turning into Abraham. And the next story that we are talking about tonight doesn't happen too far away from Abraham. In fact, it happens to his grandson named Jacob. Now, Jacob is the son of Isaac, and Isaac is the son of Abraham. So if you are new to the faith and you don't know a whole lot of Bible history, for the next few moments, we are going to go into a little bit of history of Jacob. I try not to bore you, but it's just fascinating because in order to understand where Jacob is going and why God is going to change Jacob's name, we need to know why he changed it. And we need to know what happened in his past to lead up to this moment. So Jacob, the son of Isaac, is actually a twin. His older brother Esau is the oldest of the two. So maybe if you, again, you've been around, you might have heard heard the story of Esau and Jacob. Now, because they are twins, one has to be older than the other. And that is important because of this thing called a birthright. Now, a birthright was something that they would give to the oldest son. We might think of it today like an inheritance, or we might think of, oh, yes, the money, the property. But back in the time of the Lord, it was a much bigger deal because it wasn't just, oh, they got the goats, the tents, the wives, the servants, whatever. But also they had the identity of the family name that was passed on. And it went almost to a spiritual level because when the father would pass on, he would give that birthright, he would give his blessing, meaning he would say, whatever God has given to me, I now give to you. I pass that on. So it was a physical thing and it was also a spiritual thing. And that was the birthright of the oldest son. So that was supposed to go to Esau. Now, like any of us, we would see that and we'd be like, that sounds pretty good. I want that also for me. And so that was where Jacob was. Jacob wanted that birthright. So he went to the point of deceiving his father, lying to his brother, and with the help of his mother, he received that birthright. He received that blessing in a lie to his father. He convinced his father that he was Esau because at that point, Isaac was blind. He was dying. He was on his deathbed. And so Esau got ripped off of his birthright and Jacob got what was Esau's. Now, because Jacob got what was Esau's, Esau was, to put it short, pissed, okay? So he ran, right? And his mother was like, you better run, son, because Esau literally was going to kill Jacob. Like, if I ever see you, you will die. And so Jacob ran for his life, and off he went to live the life that God had given him, that God had promised through his father, Isaac. 
And now Jacob is on this journey. He is working for his father-in-law, Laban. And Laban has two daughters. He has a daughter who is beautiful. Her name is Rachel. And then he also has another daughter named Leah. And this is in the Bible, so don't get mad at me. But it says that she was not easy on the eyes, meaning... She's not that pretty, okay? But that was the Bible's nice way of saying, "Mm, Rachel better, okay? So he obviously wants to marry Rachel. He wants to be with Rachel. So he goes to Laban and says, hey, I want to marry your daughter. Let's go, okay? And Laban says, okay, you can marry Rachel, but you work for me for seven years. Okay, ladies, get a man that works for you for seven years, right? Okay, it's beautiful. But he works for seven years, The day of the wedding shows up and Laban needs his oldest daughter, not Rachel, but Leah to be married first. So he tricks, he tricks Jacob into thinking that, yes, this is your wife, Rachel, the prettiest of them all. And then they have a wedding and they go to bed together and wakes up the next morning and says, oopsie daisies, that's not my wife. That is Leah, right? And it's funny to us, because we're like, you married the wrong girl. How do you do that, you dummy? But what goes around kind of comes around. So we see previously that Jacob lied to his father, and now he is getting tricked. He is getting lied to and marries the wrong woman. We've all been there, right? Jeez. And then another seven years passes. So he's like, no, seriously, like I want to marry Rachel. So he works another seven years and actually does get to marry Rachel. So you're right, you're correct. There are two wives, okay? And through those wives, through servants, he has many sons, okay? We're not gonna get into that because that is a whole can of worms in and of itself, okay? But now Jacob is living this life that seems prosperous. He has many sons to carry on the name. He has goats, he has sheep, he has land, he has money. He is very wealthy, both physically, both spiritually, and with his offspring. And he's doing well. But again, he is not in his own home. He is in Laban's world. He's in his father-in-law's, so he decides that it is time for him to step out and to go back home. But when he goes back home, he comes to the very realization that he has to face someone back at home. He has his past to go back to. He has his brother Esau, his estranged brother that he is going to meet with face to face after 20 plus years of working and laboring. He's gonna go back home and he's going to fight with his brother, with his family and a 400 person army. So where we're at is kind of an uncomfortable situation, not only for Jacob, but for us and how we apply this to our lives. There's a moment where Jacob has to face uncomfortable situations. He has to face what is behind him in order to move forward. 
And I know this might make some of us a little uncomfortable. I know it makes me feel a little uncomfortable because I know we are so lucky to serve a God and to believe in a God who's full of grace and who's full of mercy. And it's hard to believe that he is going to sometimes make us come face to face with our past, whether that's past mistakes, past wrongdoings, past the messiness of who we've been. I know Miley Cyrus said it best when I was young. I did all these stupid things. And that is now where Jacob is facing. He has to go back and face his brother. And we will too. We have to face the past. We have to face who we've been in order for us to move forward with the future that God has for us. So that is where we begin. Now you're like, okay, it's called what's in the name? Where's the name change? But that is all the past. That is what's leading up to this moment where Jacob is going to come face to face, not with Esau, but he's going to come face to face with God. So if you're Bible people, you want to follow along, we're in Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. We can also just listen because this is a great story and it's very short. So we have Jacob. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. And as he wrestled with the man, the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. When the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Penal, saying, it was because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him and he passed Penile and he was limping because of his hip. So at first you may read that and you're like, oh yeah, he for sure wrestled with Esau. That's who he was fighting, facing your fears, facing those people. But if we understand scripture, this is not a normal man. Instead, Jacob is wrestling with God. I don't know, some of us are like, oh, okay, maybe that's not exactly what happened. It is a metaphor. It is a, a lovely image of how we can wrestle with God. A lot of pictures may come to our minds, but Jacob is physically in a wrestling match with God. And to me, that brings some very interesting pictures to my mind. Like immediately, I'm thinking WWE, like right now going on in my head. I think of a time when my younger brother and I would literally have each other in chokeholds on our trampoline and our mom is yelling at us because we were just wrestling. And that is the situation that we see that Jacob is in. He is wrestling with God. Others of us might be thinking of like, okay, he just doesn't understand where God is going. He, he has a lack of knowledge. He has a lack of wisdom in this situation. And then others 
are asking us the very obvious question, why is God physically wrestling with Jacob? This doesn't, like, he is God. He doesn't have to be like, okay, let's, let's fight, my guy. Let's go for this. But I think what it shows us is that God is not afraid of us to wrestle with him. Hopefully, physically, you never have to. But he is not afraid to go into battle with you. He is not afraid to give you all that he's got. And he went against Jacob because Jacob is absolutely terrified. He has to go face Esau. He is going to be facing his impending doom. And now he is in the fight for his life against a man he does not know exactly, but we know him as God. It brings a, a very, a core memory to me. I am a person who like, I don't mind getting my blood drawn, but when it comes to like shots in the arm or whatever, I just lose it. I can't, it freaks me out. Just the idea of like, yeah. Okay, if you're a nurse in here, thank you for what you do, but yeah, okay, can't stand it. And there was this memory that, you know, you have to go get your shots before you can go to school, and there was a maybe a time where I had to go get one, and I jumped, so the nurse scratched me, and it was maybe my fault, whatever, okay? The next time, my mom's like, all right, we're gonna, we have to go get these shots, and I was like, I got this we're fine. And I was mentally preparing myself to go into that room and just be like the strongest woman alive. And the moment came, the nurse like, Shannon, I was like, nope, no, 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 no. And I realized in that moment, like I'm a freezer. Don't do well with this moment. So I just froze. And you're like, you know, those like videos where the cartoon character is like dragging its claws on the metal and you're like, no, that was pretty much me as my mom was dragging me into this back room. And I'm pretty sure people thought I was dying. I was screaming so loud. So the nurse came in, my mom has me in the biggest bear hug holding me so tight and I am kicking and I am screaming and I am fighting. Tears are rolling down my eyes. Like I cannot do this. Why do you torture me? I am fighting with everything I have inside of me. And finally, my mom just looks at me and she's like, Shannon, with such authority. And I look up at her and I can see, I'm like, oh, I think we're going to be okay. And the nurse, pop. And I'm like, oh, wasn't that bad? Okay, shoot, I may have overreacted in this situation. And that is where Jacob is. Jacob is kicking. He is screaming. He is fighting. He is, he is so afraid. He has anxiety because he is about to go into a situation where he has to face what he has done. He has to answer for what he has done. And God is just saying, Jacob, look at me. Be in this moment with me. And as we read on, we read about the, the fight that they are having, the wrestling that they're having. And it, it says something that can catch us off guard really quickly. And it, it was in verse 25. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip wrenched as he wrestled with this man. Now we might be reading that and we're like, whoa, my gosh, is Jacob actually like holding his own against God? Does he have God in like a full on chokehold? Because later God replies, let me go. You're like, oh, 
hold on, if I kick and I scream and I go against, will God do what I say he's gonna do? Will God give me what I want? Will God answer my prayers the way I want answered? I don't think that's where God is going with this because what God shows us in the scriptures is that he can knock your hip out real quickly. It, it says that he, can, he dislocated it with a tap. It shows that God has power, yet God allows us to wrestle with him. God allows us to question. God allows us to wonder what is going on and to have what looks like a chance at winning the fight. But God is going to come in and saying, you think you're going to win. But oh no, Jacob. I need you to look. I need you to be in this moment with me. Because God is not approaching this moment. God is not approaching this wrestling match just to show, yeah, I'm God. I can beat you up. What? Right? God is not showing up to this moment to be like, hey, I told you, you should listen God is showing up to this moment to just be with Jacob because Jacob is so consumed by his own fears. Jacob is so consumed with his blessing and trying to go back home and face Esau all on his own that he is completely missing that God is with him in this moment. See, a lot of us are really looking for that blessing. We're really looking for those answers. I don't think this is just a young adult's thing searching for identity. I think it's a people thing. We're looking for some place to belong. We're looking for something to call ourselves. We're looking for something to identify as. We're looking for something, whether that's through a job, whether that's through a family, whether that's through work, school, whatever it is, we're all looking for that outcome, we're all looking for the identity because when we reach that moment, that identity where we're like, yeah, I have riches, I have a car, I have a home, I have a degree, I have a job that I don't hate that much. I have all these things, I have made it. But what we're not realizing is that God is like, oh, okay, so you have a plan. Cool. I have something greater for you. I have something more. But in order to get to that, we have to go through the pains and the frustration of the wrestle. We have to go and really lean in to the outcome of wrestling. And God is thankfully not afraid of it. God welcomes the wrestle. God welcomes your questions and your doubt. And so now after Jacob goes into the wrestling match of his life. God asks Jacob, says, what is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. Now, if you guys are familiar at all with the meaning of names, you might know that Jacob means deceiver. Oh, what a good name. Thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. Giving me a name that means deceiver. I thought I had it bad when I realized that my all my initials spelled together spelled slob. And I was like, cool, mom. Thanks for not even thinking about it. But Jacob's name means deceiver. And he is walking through this life. He has deceived his father. He has been deceived 
by his father-in-law Laban. He deceives Laban himself, and now he has to go and face another man that he has deceived and lied to, his brother. See, Jacob is living up to his name, is he not? Jacob is really leaning into this whole, oh, I'm a guess I'm a liar. I guess I'm a trickster. I guess I'm a deceiver. And when God looks at him, he says, what is your name? And he says, Jacob. And God says, no, your name is Israel. Because Israel means something completely different than what Jacob means. Israel means that he wrestles with God, wrestles with humans, and yet he has overcome. So God is not just giving Jacob a new name. He is giving him a new identity. And so for us tonight, God is asking you, what is your name? What are you calling yourself? Are you calling yourself your sins of your past? Are you calling yourself an identity that you don't want to be associated with? What are you using to identify yourself? What lies, what addiction, what imprisons you? What are you holding back from in your past? What are you calling yourself? And God is looking at you and saying, no. Because when God changes Jacob's name to Israel, he's giving him a new identity and he's also giving him a new purpose in that. He's not just going to go back to the land and live with the sheep. But instead, God is saying, I don't call you by your past. I don't call you by what you are right now. I'm going to call you by what your potential is. What I know and who I know that you can be. Hey, Jacob, do you know that your 12 sons are now going to be the 12 tribes of Israel? And that promise that I gave to your father and your grandfather is now going to be fulfilled through you? Jacob, look at me. I give you a new identity. I give you a new purpose. I give you a new name. So now open your eyes and see what I am doing in your life. Know for us in this room that God doesn't call you by the sins of our past. God doesn't call you by what you have been or what you are, but God calls you his loved son and his loved daughter, who he has a plan for and who he has a purpose for. You may not know your potential, you may not understand your purpose, but God does. So through this wrestling that Jacob is going through where he feels like there is no way out, that there is no hope, what he doesn't understand is that on the other side of this wrestling is going to bring more freedom is going to bring more clarity, is going to bring more understanding, and is going to bring a far greater blessing than when he would have just continued on his own. So now we have, at the end of all this wrestling, he is given a new name. He's given the name Israel. And now Jacob has to go deal with his past. He has to go face to face with Esau. He is broken emotionally. He is broken physically. But he's not going 
to Esau alone. And at, at the end of this story, we know that there is reconciliation, there is forgiveness. And in fact, there is a blessing given to Jacob from Esau. Now, if Jacob just decided to go at this alone, if he just decided to go at it with his new identity, his prosperous identity of having multiple wives, many sons, so many goats, lots of money. If he went at it through there, I don't know where Jacob's future would have been at. But God, but God knows, God knew, and God had a plan. So maybe for us tonight, maybe you're leaving here feeling convicted, feeling like you're in the midst of a wrestling. Maybe you feel like, God, I just give me a blessing. Give me a break, God. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, I don't even know if I believe in God or I know I have a lot of issues working on my own self and then I'm going to get to God and the, that relationship. But that's not what God wants for us. When Jacob faced Esau with his new name, with his new identity, he faced his past, he faced his troubles, knowing that the God of the universe saw him, knew him, had a plan for him, and had a purpose for him, and that he could go in full confidence and full faith that God was going to deliver him out of this moment. Because on his own power, Jacob could not have done it. He had a broken hip. And he walked with this limp for the rest of his life. It's not like I was like, okay, sorry about your broken hip, I'll fix it. No, he walked with this broken hip. He walked with those scars. He walked with this pain, but he walked in a new testimony that God had given him. God gives us that testimony, whether it's your past that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe what I've had to go through. In my life, I was your like super traditional, middle, rebellious child. Like, I don't know if I defined the term rebellion, but I did. And it got to the point where I was like, there is no way I'm ever showing my face back in church. Because my family was known here. My last name, it was so big here. I was like, dude, I am done. I am done running this race. I'm, I'm, forget it. God can't use me. God doesn't want me. If he makes it this hard, then I don't want him. That, that was my life. That was my trajectory that I decided to move towards. And when I was going towards the finish line of like, this is it, peace out, Cub Scouts. I'm done with church. I'm done with God. God quite literally slammed a door in my face. I went to a new position. I was like, hey, I'm here to work. And they're like, you don't exist to us. I was like, oh, cool. So I went to the only place I knew. I went to my brother here at the church. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? And that day, I got a call from our, our kids director saying, hey, we have an opening for a fourth and fifth grade job. Do you want it? I was like, oh, Lordy, we're going to go down this road. God told me to surrender who I was. God told me to face who I was and then move in a direction that he had planned for me. 
to leave that old identity, that old thing that I was identifying myself as. He said, leave it and move forward and follow me because I have a plan, I have blessings that are going to outweigh the plans that you have for your life. So tonight we might find ourselves ashamed. We might find ourselves not really willing to talk about the past. We might find ourselves like, honestly, it's not that bad. I just don't know where I'm going. With full confidence, because of this story of Jacob turned to Israel, we have full confidence and full faith in knowing that we can leave that past. If we surrender, we surrender who we are, we surrender who we were, that God can turn this into a beautiful testimony for his future and for your future. So Jesus, tonight, we just thank you so much to be in your presence. We thank you that you're in those moments of question, you're in those moments of wrestling. And God, if, if we find ourselves in the midst of wrestling with you, if we find ourselves in the midst of kicking and screaming and in pain and in frustration because we don't know where our life is going, God, we just, we pray that we may surrender. Surrender our agendas, surrender our plans, surrender our identities, and have you speak life into our lives. Speak life into the individual names in this room. Speak a purpose and a plan that you have planned far in advance for us, God. We thank you so much for tonight. We thank you so much for our friends. And it is in your name we pray, God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.